When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. It is 5 o'clock on a Monday morning. Good morning. It is Monday, March 27th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Clouds roll in this morning. Could see some rain this afternoon. High 57. Tonight, overnight rain, low 42. And then Tuesday, those clouds hang around high 53. If you're walking out the door with us and so happy you are, it is 41 and clear in Hampton Bays, 37 in Paramus, and 45 and mostly clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour, sitting friends in the morning. Are you one of these people? I am so old school in certain ways. I was with the family down in D.C. for a wedding over the weekend. And we you know, got a very nice hotel down in D.C. as we were heading to the wedding. And I went in to take a shower. And uh, am I the last guy using bar soap? I know my kids only use the liquid stuff. I don't get how to use, am I stupid? Because, yeah, I don't, I always feel like when I use the liquid soap that I'm not really that clean. I'm clearly have not educated myself how to do this. So in this hotel, most hotels have now, of course, transferred to liquid soap because I think it's a waste to have the bar. It's opened. You use it once, you throw it away. It's a waste of money. So they all have these beautiful, the incredibly smelling liquid soaps, but I always feel like I haven't lathered up like I've lathered up when I use a bar of like ivory or dove or whatever. And um, so I get into the shower and they've got like, you know, five choices there on the counter that you can push the button. It comes out. It's great. But I always feel like I haven't really cleaned myself. I do it. I feel like I'm using too much. I'm using I have to use the half the bottle. <laughs> and um, I, I then I on the way home last night, we stopped to get some stuff and I walked over to the counter where I I have to be honest I don't do the shopping my wife does only because she loves to do it I would do it but I go over to the counter where they sell the soap and uh, I am really out of touch because the first four counters are all the four different kinds of liquid soap and the very bottom counter where you really have to crotch down is where they have the bar soap so clearly I am 100% out of touch I've missed this entire tide from liquid soap or rather bar soap to liquid soap, but it's happened right in front of my eyes, and I haven't seen it. So I guess I should get on the wagon and uh, start <laughs> using the uh, liquid soap, but uh, maybe I'll have to have one of my kids train me exactly how to make that happen because I always feel a little less clean after I use it. All right, let's get into the top headlines of the day. The top five at five. There was a deadly mass overdose in New Rochelle. Is this the week former President Trump will be arrested? Flyers have to deal with another frantic passenger. Israelis take to the streets in huge numbers angry at Bibi. And Andrew Cuomo makes big news right here on 77 WABC. 
All right, let's get into it. 5033 men died fourth in critical condition after overdosing on drugs in New Rochelle. This was over the weekend. Police called to an apartment building, Fountain Place, around 3 p.m. Saturday by a man who was also overdosing. The man said he did not know where he was because he was so high, but officers were able to ping his cell phone, determine his location. They were in some sort of room inside of an apartment building, but they didn't know where that was. Police arrived. They found three unresponsive men in this storage room. They were pronounced dead. The fourth one is in critical condition. Last night, people who knew these four men gathering for a vigil, uh, praying for the health of this fourth one in critical condition, and for those three who passed away. My is my best friend, my little brother, my my everything. He loved bachata, he loved salsa, but he loved mostly his kids. He has two, he has two babies, a daughter uh, and a son, who he loved more than life itself. So you say, what is going on, right? We've heard so many stories of fentanyl being mixed in with drugs like cocaine to make them, to extend that drug. And we had that issue last week, Riverside Mall in uh uh, Hackensack in New Jersey, those five people overdosed, one died. Now fast forward to this story, three died, one in critical condition. This ain't like him, and we just going to remember him as who we know of him. I lived here for 23 years. I never see anybody in the summer. I hang up in here with my kids, and I never see anybody in there. This is surprising what happened in there. Yeah, she had never seen anything like that in her apartment building, but there's always first time. State Senator Pete Harcum is on the Alcoholism and Substance Use Disorder Senate Committee. It's a long name for a committee. Says the opioid crisis that has gripped the Hudson Valley is worse than it's ever been. We're in even more of a crisis because the the addition of fentanyl has exacerbated. So the numbers continue to grow both in New York and nationally. So there are some discrepancy in the names of the victims. So we're not going to go through it because I'm seeing different names anywhere. So we'll go with we have not identified the victims. I'm sure we will later today. But the community saying there's this should be a wake up call, a call to action that something needs to be done. And then you had uh, Senator Schumer holding one of his infamous Sunday press conferences. He hasn't done one of these in a while, but he did so yesterday to speak out against the drug Trank. As presence continues to increase on New York City streets and the suburbs as well, the substance is a veterinary drug that's commonly used as a tranquilizer on horses, but it's found its way onto the streets because I guess it must be a pretty good high. And um, to make matters worse, uh, Narcan does not respond to this drug. Narcan is the one that can normally wake up uh, someone who's overdosed on something like fentanyl. But here it does not work with this drug, Trank. Xylazine is dangerous, it's deadly, it is here. It's a deadly, skin-rotting, zombie drug that evil drug dealers are now mixing with fentanyl, with heroin, yeah, it seems that we have lost our minds in the last couple of years. Maybe the pandemic pushed us to this point that this drug thing's just gotten out of hand. The senator calling on the DEA to send a federal team here to New York to stop the spread of this drug that is, of course, meant to tranquilize horses. All right, WABC News Time 509. The NYPD says officers responding to a 911 call shot an emotionally disturbed man wielding a 
knife. Let's get the latest on that now, live from 77 WABC's Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, and well done on that handoff to yourself. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, the incident started around 10 a.m. Sunday in the Bronx inside 2685 Grand Concourse. Officers responded to a call put in by the father of 42-year-old Raul De La Cruz. De La Cruz had shown up to his father's home while he was having a, quote, medical episode. He feels he's being followed, persecuted, and goes on the state. If any cops show up here today, I will kill them. That's NYPD Chief of Patrol John Chell. Officers met with the father before heading near the building when Dela Cruz came out. Upon seeing the officers, Dela Cruz produced the knife and began advancing on them. And this is when, after ordering him to drop the knife, officers opened fire and shot Dela Cruz three times in the stomach and the leg. Here's what one eyewitness, Amir Anderson, had to say when speaking to ABC7. Like I heard like pop-pop sounds. By the time I got here, it was just a, like the cop cars were just, just crowding around. Dela Cruz was taken to the hospital in critical condition where he's expected to recover. Chell noted that the responding officers were wearing body cameras and the footage is being reviewed. Is this somebody that the neighborhood knew as somebody who was emotionally disturbing? You know, this happens a lot of times where you know somebody in the neighborhood and you kind of stay away from them. Was it was it one of these guys? Actually, that's not entirely clear from the accounts that we're seeing, but what I can gather is that this man had just shown up to his father's home somewhat randomly uh, during in the, in the middle of an episode, it would seem. Hmm. All right. WABC's Alex Barnard joining us live. Thank you very much. WABC Newstime 511. A passenger on a Delta flight from LAX to Seattle detained over the weekend for activating the emergency slide. That's always fun when you're on a flight and someone does that. It happened as the plane pushed away from the gate. This is a passenger said, uh, you know, freaked him out just a little bit. She looked at him and said, you need to go back to your seat. And he said, what do I do now? And then he turned and grabbed the door. And she said, you cannot open the door. You cannot open the door and tried to grab him. And literally within two seconds, he had opened the door, deployed the slide and was on the tarmac. Okay. well, the good news is, of course, that this happened on the ground. So it was easy to call in the authorities. And they did. We never felt in danger. It was more just the most bizarre thing I uh, want that I have ever seen. Flight captain says FBI was called due to the circumstances. Passengers were moved to another plane. No arrests actually was made because the man was taken to a local hospital for a mental evaluation, though charges probably will come later. A top Federal Reserve official says recent stress in the banking sector is bringing the U.S. closer to recession. Right now, what's unclear for us is how much of these banking stresses are leading to a widespread credit crunch. Minneapolis Federal Reserve President Neil Kashari noting the trend explained that it's still unclear just how much it'll slow down the economy. However, he maintains the U.S. banking system remains fundamentally sound. His comments come after the collapse, of course, of Silicon Valley Bank out in California and right here, Signature Bank here in New York. That credit crunch would then slow down the economy. This is something we are monitoring very, very closely. The banking system has a strong capital position and a lot of liquidity and has the full support of the Federal Reserve and other regulators standing behind it. WABC News Time 513, a destructive fire taking out a Patterson, New Jersey pickle business over the weekend, threatened a pair of nearby schools. Fire consumed much of this commercial structure. This is on uh, Ellison Street, downtown Patterson. Flames reported early in the morning. The pickle king. It's been in Patterson since 1968. 
employs Pattersonians. It's really unfortunate. It really is. I feel badly for the owner and I feel badly for the employees. That's Patterson Mayor Andre Sea. Pickle King has been in the community for years and years. 68 was when it opened. It uh, employs 50 people. Uh, thankfully, nobody was in the factory when it caught fire, and those schools that are across the street are fine. They're going to open this morning. There's a school next door, Panther Academy. They have chemistry labs, too. A disaster was averted as far as the school is concerned. It's an iconic establishment. And no doubt you heard about this fire in a chocolate factory in West Red. Pennsylvania over the weekend. The death toll there has now risen to seven. It was two, but they found more missing people in the rubble last night, bringing that death toll to seven. Some sort of explosion. They're not exactly sure what happened. This evening, search and rescue teams have located two more individuals at the Arm and Palmer site. This is still a devastating loss, but we are truly grateful to be able to account for all presumptive missing and bring closure to families involved in the upcoming days. So the three buildings in the area of the explosion have now been condemned. That as people who worked at this chocolate factory came to the site to remember those who were killed. My heart hurts. I mean, my heart hurts. Everybody's heart hurts. It's... I'm work at Palmer's for 36 years, and this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. We were best friends, and it's heartbreaking. She was one of the nicest, sweetest, most intelligent women, I, hardest working women I ever, ever worked with. Pennsylvania State Authorities, of course, have been on the scene all weekend. Uh, investigators will be there this morning trying to sort this all out. We're going to come out of this, and we're going to come out of this strong. The company's going to help us. We're going to rebuild, and we're going to rebuild better than we've ever were before. If you haven't seen pictures of this, so of course you can go to WABCRadio.com to see them, but the building where the explosion occurred was just completely leveled. It's amazing anybody got out of this place alive. 5.15 now. First check of sports on this early Monday morning. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Good morning, Justin. Good Monday morning there. Noam laid in on the hardwood last night. The Nets were unable to build on their big Saturday night win over the Heat, falling to the Magic in Orlando last night by a score of 119 to 106. Mikel Bridges turned in another stellar performance with his 44 points and 34 minutes on the floor, but a well-rounded performance from the Magic proved too much for Brooklyn to overcome. Bridges spoke following the game on the tough loss, coming off of a quick turnaround for Brooklyn. You know, there's a lot of excuses in the world, but... I mean, that's definitely one. Um, just the traveling and not even 24 hours before and having a tough game in Miami. Um, I mean, in Orlando, I mean, give credit to Orlando, too. Like, they've been playing well. I know they've been not winning all the games, but they've been playing well. They play hard. You know, you could tell that they got the chemistry out there. And, um, you know, it's just they play harder than us. They'll try and return to the win column come Wednesday night when they welcome in the Houston Rockets. As for the Knicks, they're back in action tonight at the Garden, getting set to host those aforementioned Rockets at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And in college ball, of course, the Final Four has been decided in this year's NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Four-seed UConn, five-seed Miami, five-seed San Diego State, and nine-seed FAU are what's left of this year's 64-team field. And with the absence of all number one seeds, Leaves this Final Four chock full of great storylines. Florida Atlantic didn't have an NCAA tournament win prior to its Final Four run this year. The UConn Huskies will pursue their fifth national championship since 1999. That's more than the Blue Blood schools of Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Kansas. Miami has a chance to win its first national championship. And San Diego State could also cut down the nets for the first time in its school history. Final Four action is set to get underway this upcoming Saturday, starting with STSU versus FAU and followed by Miami against UConn. And looking ahead to local action tonight, the Islanders and Devils both in action head-to-head 
uh, out on the island at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Allen. So much more to get to on this Monday morning. Israelis taking to the streets in huge numbers. Angry at Bibi. We'll tell you about that. And Andrew Cuomo makes big news right here on 77 WABC. We'll get to that as well. But before we do any of that, let's take a check of Wall Street with Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Investors looking to build off last week's modest gains, stocks clawing their way back after the banking sector sparked a sell-off. All three major indexes up for the week. The House Financial Services Committee hearing on recent bank failures this week. Michael Barr and the FDIC chair testify Wednesday the federal government looking for reasons why SVB and Signature Bank failed. Key housing data this week, Tuesday's S&P Case-Shiller update, expected to show prices cooling again in January and rising mortgage interest rates still weighing on home sales. Walgreens Boots Alliance reports before tomorrow's opening bell, Wall Street targeting earnings per share down 30%. Micron Technologies' third quarter earnings expected to drop, declining revenue hurting the chip maker. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 521. Tens of thousands of Israelis pouring into the streets of cities across the country last night in a spontaneous outburst of anger after Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu abruptly fired his defense minister for challenging the Israeli leader's judicial overhaul plan. Protesters in Tel Aviv blocking a main highway and lit large bonfires while police scuffled with protesters who gathered outside Netanyahu's private home in Jerusalem. This morning, the labor unions have gone on strike, which is essentially cut down and shut down much of the country. We all have to fight for our rights because of the plans of Benjamin Netanyahu that want to turn this nation into a dictatorship. Yeah, Bibi's got some real problems on hand here. Here in New York, Israel's general counsel resigning last night in protest of Netanyahu's latest moves. The unrest deepened what's been a month-long crisis over Netanyahu's plan to overhaul the judiciary, which has sparked these mass protests, which have been going on for a number of weeks, but were brought to a whole new level last night. All right, let's bring it back home. Washington lawmakers investigating now the jail conditions of some of the January 6 defendants. On Friday, members of the House Oversight Committee toured the D.C. jail and had differing descriptions of the conditions. Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene says there were a variety of constitutional violations occurring and the defendants were being mistreated. The two Democrats who attended the tour said the inmates were being treated very fairly and there was nothing out of the ordinary. California Representative Robert Garcia criticized Republicans treating the insurrection like their pseudo-celebrities. I'm Brad Siegel. All right, here in the city this week, will this be the week that President is uh, former President Trump is indicted, or will they drop this case altogether? Congressman James Comer wants the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, to spill details on his criminal investigation against former President Trump. That has no business uh, being litigated in a local district attorney's office. 
the Kentucky Republican defending an attempt by House GOP to get Bragg to bring Congress into his investigation of possible financial criminal charges against the ex-president involving hush money paid to adult film actress Stormy Daniels ahead of the 2016 election. Comer says he believes the case is politically motivated. When he says he's not going to cooperate with Congress, unfortunately for Mr. Bragg, he doesn't have the luxury of determining whether or not he can comply with congressional requests. Clearly, if there's something that rises to criminal level, then that should be done on the federal level. And then you had former President Trump's personal lawyer distancing himself this weekend from Trump's attacks on the Manhattan D.A. I'm not his social media consultant. That was an ill-advised post that one of his social media people put up, and he quickly took down when he realized the rhetoric and the photo that was attached to it. Joe Tagapino, of course, who's a regular sit-in friends in the morning in Cats and Cosby at night, uh, pushing back against that picture of the president with a bat in his hand, then a picture of Alvin Bragg next to him, says uh, he didn't like that either, but he said the picture was taken down quickly. Can you imagine the amount of people that would be baying for Donald Trump's scalp had he used campaign funds to pay for what they would call personal expense? Tagapino says he's not PR person for Donald Trump. I'm not going to defend or condemn anything regarding social media. It's not what I do. I'm a litigator and a lawyer. And the FBI says it's ready to respond to any potential violence if former President Trump is indicted this week. This man obviously has very little moral compass. And if he uh, spurs on additional violence, uh, it would be one further stain on his already... um, uh, checkered reputation. That's Virginia Democratic Senator Mark Warner says Trump's warning of potential death and destruction is an example, he says, of his outrageous behavior. The fact that he's calling for protests again, I've been briefed by the FBI. They say they're fully prepared. Senator Warner says no specific threats that have surfaced so far. The level of rhetoric on uh, some of these right-wing sites has increased. And then over the weekend, the former president uh, holding a rally. This was in Waco, Texas. He says the rule of law is tremendous under tremendous threat. And uh, that's why he wants back in the White House in 2024. They said, who's our biggest threat? Is it China, sir? Is it Russia? I said, no, our biggest threat are high-level politicians that work in the United States government. You went on to list names of uh, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, President Biden as threats to democracy. He says the Department of Justice is poisoning the country. He also spoke out against gender-affirming health care uh, bills, and he said he wouldn't pass them if he was elected. We will defeat the cult of gender ideology to reassert that God created two genders, male and female. And the former president says he wouldn't give any money to schools still who has still have COVID mandates. I will not give one penny to any school that is a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate. WABC News Time 526. Two migrants dead. 13 others rescued after being found inside a freight car east of Uvalde, Texas over the weekend. Uvalde Police Chief Daniel Rodriguez says they've seen a huge increase in illegal migrants being smuggled on trains through their town. This is, this is almost a, a, you know, a train checks is a daily occurrence, but uh, it's unfortunate that, that sometimes it has to lead to, to incidents like this. Yeah, the Border Patrol found the migrants after receiving a call from inside the train car saying they needed 
help. Two of the migrants dead, 10 of the surviving migrants hospitalized, the remaining three taken into Border Patrol custody. It's unknown where they got on the train investigation underway. Long Island Congressman George Santos has reached a deal with Brazilian prosecutors to settle a 15-year-old fraud case. He'll formally confess to defrauding a Rio de Janeiro clerk of $1,300 in clothes and shoes and pay damages. Brazilian authorities unable to find Santos after he left the country when this crime took place years ago. But, of course, it was much easier to spot him when he won a seat in Congress this past fall. So much more to get to on this Monday morning as we work our way up to sit in friends in the morning coming up at six o'clock. Andrew Cuomo. Did you hear Andrew Cuomo? He was here Friday night, eight o'clock, an hour to himself, taking phone calls. We'll have some of the best moments of that coming up. And maybe rumor is he may get another hour. We'll tell you when that might take place. There was a deadly mass overdose in New Rochelle. We'll have the latest on that. And flyers dealing with another frantic passenger on an airline. Those stories and more coming up. But first this at 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Listen to your favorite shows live and on demand. Enable the 77 WABC Alexa skill today. Tell Alexa. Play 77 WABC. Hi, this is John Katzmatidis Jr. Make sure to get my dad's new book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. I'm lucky enough to learn from him every day, and now you can too. Read my book, and you'll find out how to make your first billion. Available now at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. To get a signed copy, go to WABCRadioStore.com. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. I do know it's pretty hypocritical, quite frankly. You got half of the country addicted to porn, but let's not pretend. Oh my God, he's with a porn star. Oh my God, and that, they're having a great deal of fun. That's part of the reason why they're doing this, why they picked this, to rehash that moment. Oh, by the Boy, there are plenty of guys out there who respect that. Greg Kelly, weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. before Rudy Giuliani on 77 WABC. Every other Wednesday on the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Listen to Dr. Sky, space journalist Steve Cates. He wants to return to the planet Mars for his educating commentary on astronomy and space. No, I think it's more technology and science. Always remember to keep your eyes to the skies and your ears on 77 WABC. Real New York. 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me. 531. Good morning. It is Monday, March 27th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. The clouds going to roll in this morning. Could see some rain this afternoon. High 57. Tonight and overnight rain. Low 42. Tuesday clouds hang around high 53. Walking out the door with us right now, it's 41 and clear in Hampton Bays, 37 in Paran. 
Paramus and 45 and mostly clear right here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour and sit in friends in the morning. We'll start in Albany. A new bill there may mean more tickets for drivers who idle in bus lanes. A new report from the New York State Comptroller reveals that MTA bus speeds are the lowest in the nation, rarely averaging above 9 miles per hour. Transit officials believe the solution may come from a bill in Albany that would increase the amount of tickets by camera that the MTA is allowed to issue. If you're not a bus, get out. It's a little bit ridiculous that New York City has to go begging to Albany over and over and over again. The bill would affect vehicles idling in bus lanes, snapping pictures of their license plate and giving an instant $50 ticket to the owner. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC Early News. WABC News Time 533. The Republican-led House has approved an education bill emphasizing parental rights in the classroom. The Parental Bill of Rights passed along party lines with every Democrat voting against it. What's very interesting is that the Democrats thought it was too extreme. <laughs> that the Democrats believe that parents shouldn't have a say in their kids' education and to actually know what the reading material is. Democrats believe that was extreme. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy there. The bill would mandate public schools make class curriculums, reading lists, library books, and school budgets available online. It would also require schools receiving federal funding to get parental consent before changing a minor's gender markers. WABC News Time 533, Google has given its own AI software a limited release, but so far people are not too impressed. Users have complained about Bard's inability to understand complex requests, its tendency to generate inappropriate content, and its lack of transparency. Now, that's actually Bard's own self-assessment that I got when I asked it to evaluate itself. To be fair, it's not far from the truth. Bard runs on a weaker model than ChatGPT and Bing, and struggles with a variety of prompts mostly due to conservative guardrails against incorrect information. But reports suggest that a better version of the AI, referred to as Big Bard, could be coming soon and put Google more firmly on the map. Danny DiCrescenzo, WABC News. We're listening to 77 WABC on Friday night, 8 o'clock. Former Governor Andrew Cuomo taking calls from you guys, from the listeners, and uh, talking about some big issues. And uh, I was here doing news on Friday night, so I got a chance. I've met him a number of times. I forgot what a large man he is. <laughs> He's just a tall, big guy. He comes over to shake my hand. I'm this little guy. His, my entire hand, you know, goes missing inside his. But it was interesting to see him again and to hear what he had to say. He blames the White House for the huge surge of migrants that have been crossing the border and gave Mayor Adams some advice on how to help get help to pay for the 40,000 migrants that have ended up here. Where is the state? Where are the legislative leaders? Why is this a New York City problem? Uh, Mayor Adams should consider putting uh, people on the bus and sending them to Albany if he doesn't get the state to respond. All right, that was interesting to hear. It was also interesting to hear the former governor go after a fellow Democrat. He says that uh, President Biden is at fault for the surge in migrants crumbling off over the border. This was caused by President Biden. He may have had great intents or great policy, but he opened the border without a plan to deal with the number of people who were going to come in. That yeah, is he, now an established fact. Sorry, there. He didn't uh, 
stop there. The former governor says he's been watching the Trump hush money case closely here in Manhattan with Alvin, uh, D.A. Alvin Bragg. And he says the D.A. Alvin Bragg should have never taken up this case. Uh, I don't understand uh, why Bragg is putting such emphasis on this case. And also, general caution, you have a cynical public. They don't believe anyone. And when you start to see these prosecutors bring... I don't believe any of this. And on his uh, future aspirations, uh, will the governor run for office again? Are you going to run? Are we going to see you back in politics? Are you, you going to support me? Oh, boy, I always support you, Governor Cuomo. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, we'll be talking, Reverend. Yeah, of course, he didn't really answer that question, because I think my guess is he himself doesn't know if he'll ever run for office again. But surf on over to WABCRadio.com, and you can hear that entire hour. It was really very interesting. He answered a lot of questions, and rumor is he may be back for another hour very soon. WABC News Time 538. Apparently, rapper Kanye West likes the Jews again. Kanye West says an actor's performance in a 2012 movie comedy has made him change his mind and tune about the Jewish people. West was banned from multiple social media platforms in 2022 after a series of anti-Semitic posts. He posted on his Instagram account over the weekend, watching Jonah Hill in 21 Jump Street made me like Jewish people again. West included a poster of the movie that was based on the late 80s TV show that starred Johnny Depp. I'm Trey Thomas. Oh, okay, I'm convinced by that. WABC Newstime 539, a good Samaritan. Helping save children trapped in a burning building in East New York Friday afternoon. This guy is a hero. We're going to post this video up at WABCRadio.com. Juan Delone heard screams, then saw smoke and flames coming from a building on Hendricks Street. This was about noon Friday. He raced over, stood up on a banister, and one by one took three kids out of this apartment and to safety. The father of these three kids handing them down to Juan, who then gently put them on the ground. So my wife see the guy yelling, help, help, help! And she saw the baby. He wanted to throw the baby out. And she said, don't throw the baby, don't throw the baby. So I roamed out and I climbed through there. He passed the key to me, so and then we start putting the key down. Three of them. Yeah, Juan telling WABC that he was able to grab three kids, bring them to safety. Six people in the building, one firefighter taken to a nearby hospital with minor injuries. No word yet what ignited that fire. The number of places illegally selling recreational marijuana here in the city continues to rise. It seems like every one of those vape stores, and there's so many of them now, they all sell weed. If you go in, this is what I've been told. I'm not a big weed smoker. If you go in and you ask for pot, they'll give it to you, which, you know, there's only four or five legal shops in Manhattan right now. But there's 1,700 stores apparently where you can buy weed so you don't have to go into one of those legal pot shops. And if you have not seen them, I just ask you to open up your eyes because every day it seems like there are more and more that are opening up. Yeah, that's Deputy Mayor for Public Safety Phil Banks. Police say they've seen over 100 weed shops connected to robberies this year because the businesses handle all cash. So they know at the end of the night, these robbers, that these guys have a fair amount of cash on them. And we're going to continue to... uh to focus on not only the illegal sale of marijuana, but also make sure that that these stores are are safe. 
Governor Hochul proposing legislation to stiffen fines against unlicensed weed operators and make it easier on local authorities to shut down the shops. One of the things she wants to do is charge these stores $10,000 a day if they stay open and they're illegally selling weed. WABC Newstime 542. NYPD ruling the death last year of rising star in the fashion world, a homicide, Katie Gallagher, was found dead, robbed in her Manhattan apartment. This was eight months ago. Lieutenant Dave Leonardo says it could be linked to a citywide crime spree. We believe that our perpetrators are targeting individuals that are coming out of the bars late at night because they're intoxicated. Yeah, police say the case is linked to 26 others, including five deaths in Manhattan, where people going out to bars were drugged and then robbed. One member of the crew was arrested in December and charged with connection with two murders linked to druggings on the Lower East Side, but they have not solved this case when it comes to Katie Gallagher. All right, let's go down to D.C. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby defending President Biden's ordering airstrikes into response and a string of recent Iranian-backed attacks on U.S. bases in Syria. This was a serious attack by these militant groups, and the president retaliated swiftly and boldly, significantly, to deal with that. When asked if there would be a response to three follow-up attacks by militant groups, one of which injured another service member, Kirby did not rule out further military action. We're going to always act to defend our troops and our facilities. I certainly am not going to rule out the potential for additional U.S. action if the president uh, deems it appropriate and necessary. Yeah, let's hope that uh, simmers down. Uh, was uh, definitely some action on that part over the weekend with the American troops going in there, with the militants fighting back. Uh, so far, nothing. So far, we've heard no, no news from there so far today. WABC News Time 543, Vice President Harris beginning a three-nation visit to Africa. I'm very excited about the impact of the future of Africa on the rest of the world, including the United States of America. Harris, this was before she got on the plane and the second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, arrived in Ghana yesterday. Vice President Harris says Africa is a growing continent and that's why the U.S. should be involved in what goes on. By the year 2050, we believe one in four people on Earth will be on the continent of Africa. And she says the main reason for this trip is an economic one. I intend to do work that is focused on increasing investments here on the continent and facilitating economic growth and opportunity. So she'll be traveling to three countries during this trip. To strengthen democracy and good governance, promote peace and security, build on long-term economic growth, and strengthen our business ties. So the vice president expected to deliver several speeches, also meet with leaders in Ghana, Tanzania, and Zambia during what's going to be a week-long visit. She'll return to Washington, D.C. next Sunday. WABC News Time 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Leiden on the hardwood. Last night, the Nets were unable to build on their big Saturday win over the Heat, falling to the Magic in Orlando by a score of 119 to 106. Mikel Bridges turned in another stellar performance with his 44 points in 34 minutes on the floor, but a well Rounded effort from the Magic proved too much for Brooklyn to overcome. Bridges spoke following the game on the tough loss, coming off a quick turnaround for Brooklyn. You know, there's a lot of excuses in the world, but, I mean, that's definitely one. Um, Just the traveling and not even 24 hours before and having a tough game in Miami. Um, I mean, in Orlando, I mean, give credit to Orlando, too. Like, they've been playing well. I know they've been 
not winning all the games, but they've been playing well. They play hard. You know, you could tell that they got the chemistry out there. And, um, you know, it's just they play harder than us. They'll try and return to the win column come Wednesday night when they welcome in the Houston Rockets. As for the Knicks, they're back in action tonight at the Garden, getting set to host those aforementioned Rockets at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. In college ball, the Final Four has been decided in this year's NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Four-seed UConn, five-seed Miami, five-seed San Diego State, and nine-seed FAU are what's left of this year's 64-team field. And with the absence of all number one seeds, leaves this Final uh, Four chock full of great storylines here. Florida Atlantic didn't have an NCAA tournament win prior to its Final Four run this year. The UConn Huskies will pursue their fifth national championship since 1999. That's more than the Blue Bud schools of Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Kansas. Miami has a chance to win its first national championship, and San Diego State could also cut down the Nets for the first time in its school history. Final Four action is set to get underway this upcoming Saturday, starting with SDSU versus FAU, and followed by Miami against UConn. And looking ahead to local Sports action tonight. The Devils and Islanders are set to go head-to-head out on the island. That puck will drop at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellis. WABC News Time 548. Let's catch you up on some of the biggest headlines from the morning. Let's go out to New Rochelle. Just an awful scene there. Three men died, fourth in critical condition. They overdosed on drugs. We don't know what they were yet, but police called to an apartment building, Fountain Place, around 3 o'clock on Saturday by a man who said he himself was overdosing. He could not tell officers where he was because he was so high, but he was in a storage unit of an apartment building in New Rochelle, and police were able to ping his phone to find them when they got there. Three men were dead. That fourth one who made the call was in critical condition. Last night, people who knew the three that died and the fourth who is in critical condition holding a vigil for them all. My is my best friend, my little brother, my my everything. He loved bachata, he loved salsa, but he loved mostly his kids. He has two, he has two babies, a daughter uh, and a son, who he loved more than life itself. Family lit candles, released balloons, remembered the good times they had with these three who passed away. This ain't like him, and we just gonna remember him as who we know of him. I lived here for 23 years. I never see anybody in the summer. I hang up in here with my kids, and I never see anybody in there. This is surprising what happened in there. This coming, of course, after that mall where five people in New Jersey had overdosed in the parking lot, that young mother passing away. They said fentanyl had been mixed into the cocaine they were snorting. The five had worked at the Cheesecake Factory together, and I guess during a break were snorting cocaine. We don't know what happened here, but I wouldn't be shocked if fentanyl was the issue here as well. State Senator Pete Harcum who is on the Alcoholism and Substance Use Disorder Senate Committee, says the opiate crisis has gripped the Hudson Valley for several years now, and it seems to just be getting worse. We're in even more of a crisis because the the addition of fentanyl has exacerbated. So the numbers continue to grow, both in New York and nationally. And we're getting lots of different information about the names of these victims, so we're not going to give them to you, but um, they have identified them. Uh, when they do, and we have confirmation on those names, we will give them to you, but you can imagine that community in New Rochelle is in mourning. And it doesn't end there, by the way. Senator Chuck Schumer holding one of his infamous Sunday press conferences to speak out against this new drug trawl, Trank. 
as its presence continues to increase here in the city. The substance is supposed to be used as a tranquilizer on horses, but it's found its way onto the streets. You can imagine if it's used as tranquilizers on horses, the high people must get from it. So now it's become very popular here. The issue is, is if you take this drug, Narcan, which can wake up somebody who is high on an opioid, who's fallen asleep and stopped breathing, won't work on Trank. Xylazine is dangerous, is deadly, it is here. It's a deadly, skin-rotting, zombie drug that evil drug dealers are now mixing with fentanyl, with heroin, and with other drugs. Yeah, so the senator calling on the DEA to send a federal team here to New York to help stop the spread of what's unfortunately become a very popular drug. 552. NYPD cops shooting an emotionally disturbed man with a knife in the Bronx. Another story that seems to become all too common. These, uh, unfortunately, mentally unstable people going after cops. This was a 42-year-old man. Police were called to the lobby of this building uh, by people who knew this 42-year-old who were worried that he was going to harm himself. Police shows up. Uh, they go to the lobby of this building, and this guy comes at them with a kitchen knife. So they fire on him. It's like I heard like pop pop sounds. By the time I got here, it was just a, like the cop cars were just just crowding around. Uh, uh, Raul, we don't have a last name for him. Shot three times in the stomach and the leg. And uh, he is in critical condition. Police at the scene saying the officers did the right thing. They had to protect themselves when this guy lunged at them with a kitchen knife. He feels he's being followed, persecuted, and goes on the state. If any cops show up here today, I will kill them. The subject comes out, clearly becomes agitated when he sees the officers, drops a bag, produces a large kitchen knife, and starts advancing towards the officers. Uh, Raul again in critical condition. WABC News Time 553. Congressman Mike Gallagher says last week's testimony from TikTok's CEO has increased the likelihood that Congress will take some action, maybe get rid of TikTok. We have the only bipartisan bicameral bill that would allow for either a ban or a forced sale to an American company. I got to say, I love my TikTok. I know my kids do. Uh, I don't know how popular this would be if they tried to ban this. What, 150 million users of TikTok here in the U.S. alone? Out of a concern of allowing the CCP to control the most dominant media platform in America. You know, it was interesting. I was talking to my kid over the weekend. I said, have you heard that they might ban TikTok? And he said he had not. But he's and I told them it was over privacy issues and our information being shared with the Chinese government. And he said all of our information is being shared with anybody or everybody already. So, so he's like, who cares? No, it did not. I think that it uh, created more concerns, uh, quite frankly. So how would they do this if they ban it? We wouldn't be able to download it on our phone. It'd be interesting. Democrats, Republicans, by the way, in unison on this thing, they think TikTok should be gone. Uh, if you're a government official, you're not allowed to have it on your phone. You have to wipe it from your phone. Uh, Biden, the president, suggesting that he would sign a bill if it made it to his desk to ban TikTok. The question is, will it get that far? Its parent company is beholden to the Chinese Communist Party. That is why, on a bipartisan basis, we've banned TikTok from all federal devices. Yes, yeah, so they say big part of this is election misinformation. That was, of course, the issue they said was uh, happening during the 2020 race with Facebook, Instagram, other media platforms. They didn't ban them. 
Of course, those are all American companies. So, um, but they want to go after this one, this Chinese company. What happened? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Beach lovers have watched, of course, as dozens of dolphins and whales have ended up on the sand dead over the last few months. And no one is sure why. And it's just incredibly upsetting. The thought on some people's part is that it's these wind farms that are being belt out off the Jersey coast, maybe doing something to scare these animals in uh, towards the sand. Maybe it has something to do with it. Sheila Dean is with the Marine Mammal Stranding Center in Brigantine, and she's desperately been searching for answers. We've been handling these animals and, and able to rescue so many of them for 45 years. And now we're, we're helpless. Yes, yeah, so there are reports. This is really interesting. There's a report now from the British government that they discovered bird flu in two dead dolphins there. Apparently, this is an issue there as well. And there's no wind farms involved. They've also had animals that have stranded themselves. So now the Mammal Center going to test some of these whales and uh, dolphins that have recently died for bird flu, hoping for some kind of breakthrough. This could be a, a, a big thing for all marine mammals. If this is what's happening, you know, I don't know what they would do with that information if they find out they have bird flu. But it's something anyway that may give an explanation to what might be happening to these animals. The New York City Audubon Society changing its name. The group is named after artist John James Audubon, who also studied birds. A woman with the New York chapter says the change is needed after striking details have surfaced about Audubon's past. What we learned was the name Audubon was serving as an impediment, a barrier to getting people involved. She didn't really tell us why. But according to the chapter, Audubon's views and actions towards people of color and uh, American Indians were harmful and offensive. Recent research shows he owned slaves, was a critic of abolitionists, and contributed data that fueled white supremacy. So now they want to change the name. I mean, everybody knows it is the Audubon Society. What are they going to change the name to? We want to encourage new populations who have never thought of birding or even in some ways nature as a place that they felt safe going and spending time. All right, we'll see what the new name change happens to be. We're just about a minute away from the Monday edition of Sit and Friends in the Morning. Let's find out what's happening on the big show from Justin Ellick. Well, happy Monday morning there, Noam Layden. We start uh, your week the right way here on Sit and Friends in the Morning. Bottom of each hour, you don't want to miss the 77 WABC Clip of the Day featuring the Cats Roundtable with the great John Katsimatidis today. 9.40 this morning, another great Monday morning edition, the Movie Monday edition of the Peerless Boilers. Sid's Take Trivia Game in the way of guests another big day 705 this morning curtis lewa in studio 740 this morning rich lowry editor-in-chief of national review coming back on for his weekly monday morning segment 805 this morning the great lawman joe tacapina 840 he kicked chuck todd's ass yeah he did actually uh chucky todd he's not feeling too hot this morning after that beating from joe tacapina and 840 this morning wrapping things up the great gordon chang so we're ready to go here no all right, we are out of here on this Monday morning. We'll do it all over again tomorrow at 5 a.m. Hopefully, Joe, Joe Nolan will be back doing his traffic thing. You make it a great one on this Monday, but don't go anywhere now. Yeah, Sid and friends in the morning, they are up next.